Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. I will stop saying that sometime soon. This podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And this week we're interviewing Marissa Monagal and her story about basically getting through that menopausal period and reaching her 60s feeling better than ever. It's such an inspiring story. I, I love sharing stories of, of this stage in women's life because I think as a society we tend to put women into out to pasture when we get to about 40, sometimes even younger. And so hearing from women such as Esther, such as Jeanette Murray-Wakelin, such as, you know, there's been so many, so, so many women on the show now who are past past 30, past 40, and in living really well, Chef AJ, living really well into those years where typically, you know, society would have deemed, would have would deem us to be non-magazine worthy is kind of what I'm trying to say. The, our beauty standards don't really factor in women over the age of 40, so traditional beauty standards. So it's really nice to have women to listen to their stories and to hear their voices and to know that life can be great, exciting, that you can achieve your dreams and you can accomplish, you know, so, so many things that we don't get told are possible in those years past 40. And for most of uh, most of them, and I'm turning 40 next year, so then I'll join the gang, life is better than ever. You know, Elizabeth, there's so many people on this show who are past 40 and life, I think for most of them, they would agree that life is getting better and better and more and more exciting. And I think that's, that's an outlook that is pretty much not ever mentioned. Jenny Cameron, Deb Plowman, you know, all these people, all these women who are living these great, great lives in their Kim, so many, so many, it's just too many. I'm um, Victoria Moran on the show who have talked about this. And I think that it's really important for this dialogue to change and for people to know that there is just excitement and enthusiasm and joy to be had past the age of 40 and that it's, it's, it's worthwhile and these women are still worthwhile members of our society sharing and contributing and and working and just enjoying life. So, yeah, I'm happy and so excited to have Marissa on the show to share her story about, you know, going through her 50s and entering her 60s, feeling better than ever. I just wanted to mention in this story, Marissa talked about her young daughter going through anorexia and I'm not an expert in anorexia and I don't claim to be um, or eating disorders such as bulimia and anorexia. I, like they, I, I have had you know, food addiction issues and those kinds of compulsive eating problems, but n- never anorexia or bulimia. I've definitely overate and compulsive ate, but, but, but not the other end of the spectrum. And I think for some people who may be listening, that may be a triggering topic. So I just wanted to mention that if you are going through something like um, anorexia or bulimia or another eating disorder that to check out the Butterfly Foundation and Eating Disorders Victoria if you're in Victoria or Australia and anywhere else you are in the world to go online and find groups, support groups, people who know, who've lived with this, who are experts in this area, who can refer you on to get counselling or su- the support you need to move forward with, with this condition because it is it is serious and I don't want to take it too lightly. So if you're someone, someone that you know or that you are someone with any either of you know, any of those eating disorders, 
please seek out help, talk to people, family, friends, get the support you need. As I said, the Butterfly Foundation or Eating Disorders Victoria are ones we have here or Eating Disorders Australia, wherever you are, just find, just reach out, seek some help and and I hope that this episode isn't too triggering to you. It's only very briefly mentioned, but I, I hope that, yeah, I hope that that those those links might help you if you do need that help. So, yes, thank you again, Marissa, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. So, Marissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's all, it's all it's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I've already given you a little bit of an introduction in the introduction. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now you can just kind of start telling us your story if you'd like. Eight years ago. So eight years ago, I went, well, I went vegetarian first. And to be upfront and honest, the only reason why I did that was because of animals at that particular time in my life. Um, We did this funny little thing where um, my husband came home and said, I think we need to eat more ethically. Funnily enough, that day I've been thinking we need to go vegetarian at that stage. And it just all collided and I said, that's it, I'm just someone that just goes, bang, we're doing this. So out went all the meat, out of the freezer, got sent off elsewhere and we were vego. Um, still didn't sit right with me. I, I, I had a lot of friends on Facebook that were vegan um, and this is through rabbit, r- rescuing rabbits of all things. Rabbits are one of the reasons why I went vegan, which is was just sort of cute. You're like the third, second or third person who've told me that their pet rabbits were the yep. reason why they went vegan. My son's desperate for us to rec- rescue one, but I just keep thinking about them wrecking everything and pooing everywhere. And Hey, this is a side note. They actually are pretty tidy because they do go to a poo tray. They actually can be litter trained. The biggest thing about them would be that they're not really a kid's pet. They're actually quite complicated. But anyway, we're not here to talk about them. <laughs> I actually have nine. I did have ten. I just lost one. I do have um, nine rescued rabbits. Yeah. Anyway, so that was sort of brewing away. So by the end of that year, I um, had come across the Animals Australia um, Bobby Calf video. Broke my heart. So um, that day we were off all dairy. And then I figured out about eggs after chatting with people. So by the end of that year, we were vegan. Well, I was vegan. My partner still had eggs, but this is about me. So, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I was in the middle of doing a PhD that time too. So, yeah, it's sort of we bobbed along. and I love cooking. So, you know, hit the internet, was right into all that vegan junk food. And initially lost weight, um, but then maybe like a lot of vegans, I ended up putting on weight. But, you know, that's often the way it goes. So I bumbled along probably for about five years. I, I, I'm sitting on my bottom for um, oh, be nearly seven years doing a PhD was probably the worst thing I could ever have done to myself in my 50s. Physically, it was awful. I ended up with bilateral plantar fasciitis. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, that's... Oh, horrible. Please tell everyone what it is because it's awful. It's awful. And it's not uncommon for, for women, particularly and men, in their 50s particularly if you've got a job where you're sitting. Um, and what happens is the so the plan of the it basically the oh, the ligaments under your foot become inflamed and they then they tighten. So when you go to stand up, you almost fall over. It's horrible, 
horrible. And I put up with that for two years because I didn't know what to do about it. And eventually I did get it fixed. I can't claim the going um <laughs> I did that, but it was part of part of that journey. So look, by the time I'd finished my PhD, I was a mess. I really was. What was your PhD on before we go oh, forward? Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually looked at um, Facebook groups of all things. Yeah. Um, set, set up by um, same-sex attracted young people, and I looked at how that impacted on how they felt about their sexuality. And I've, I've, I'm a nurse by trade, and I'd always worked with young people for a very, very long time. So this is something that was pretty close to my heart. So I did that, and That's and it was interesting too. Because, it was all about Facebook. It's, I mean, you could transfer that sort of knowledge also to to um, plant-based groups as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, just the stuff that goes on within those groups, how that impacts on how someone feels about I mean, it's, it's very tricky. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. It was great doing it online and that. Um, but I was a mess when I finished. I put on weight. I was exhausted. My feet weren't working. Um, it was just not a good place to be. And you know what? I don't, know, don't even know how I ended up changing my diet. It wasn't like some other people would go online and went bing. It just was like I just don't even know how it happened, whether I started. I know I looked at the China study. I think might have been the first first sort of, oh, okay, I should, make, you know, should look at this. And so I got the book. And um, great read book, it. everyone listening. Go get oh, the great book. book. Get it. It's fascinating. It's a fantastic book. I actually lent it to someone and never got it back, but I don't sort of mind that. I think if, as long as they're getting something out of it, I'm getting a bit confused here. But yeah, so I sort of read that. And so as I was getting older too, I was heading, I was getting into my late 50s. Um, my daughter announced that she was going to have a baby, which was so exciting, my first grandchild. And things just started to fall into place. This is just my, I guess I'm just giving you my little story and we'll get to the menopausal stuff. <laughs> As, no, you know, so. no, no, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so I guess a whole lot of things just came together for me and I'm from a pretty, a family of pretty long livers that have nothing, you know, they are just, they just live long, well, in, you know, nearly 100 so I never really fussed too much. I never, I mean, I was doing the vegan thing for the animals and hadn't really thought that much. I mean, I kept an eye on my cholesterol and stuff like that. It was never, it was ne- nothing was ever wrong. I got good blood pressure and that. But I felt miserable after that PhD for a variety of reasons. I was suffering from anxiety. I, I was just awful. It's really hard to explain. And I'm sure if anyone's out there in podcast lands that's done one, they probably understand what I'm talking about. It's pretty full on. It's a full on thing to do to yourself. And my body was wrecked. So I just started eating better. And I kept on saying about eating my husband. I kept on saying, I want to eat better and cleaner. And he goes, but we're already eating. Like, what are you talking about? You know, we're already eating really well. And we at that stage had gone. We weren't, sort of, we were eating well, really. We weren't, we'd gone through the, you know, bit of the fake meat stage, bit of the fake cheese stage, you know, yeah, right, that's nice. Bit of the, oh, wow, I can cook all these desserts now that I never used to eat before, but for some reason when you go vegan. I gained like 10 kilos doing that at the start. I'm going to make all these cakes and eat them because nobody else wants to eat vegan cakes, so I'll eat all the cake. <laughs> or it's like, Oh my god! I didn't know you could make that vegan, even though I didn't need it before. I was yes. vegan. Oh, let's make it vegan, you know. And 
Fern doesn't really have much of a sweet tooth, so hello, who That's ate it all? That's insane because Rinji only likes chocolate, so he would never eat the baked cake. So it's just me sitting there with a whole cake. <laughs> same, same with the um, commercial vegan cheeses. Same thing, me. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, we, you know, this has got to, this has got to stop, I guess. And um, and, I, and aside from that, when I finished my PhD, I was a bit lost because I'd actually um, lot, not lost a job. I, I chose to lose a job because I'd been bullied. So I sort of fell into this weird retirement before I was 60. It was really, it was a strange time in my life. Well, that alone can make you feel anxious and depressed. Yeah, I, I did. It was. Yeah, you're right. It did. It was like, hang on. I thought I was going to be working till I was 65, and I, I mean, I loved working with young people. I loved it so much. Um, but like a lot of people, you know, it's sometimes it's not actually your clients you work with. It's the bureaucracy, and yeah. So, and I was really lost. So I actually did start my own um, um, vegan cooking business, catering business, a small oh, one. Great. And and that was a bit of fun, and but it got crazy, and um, I didn't. Maybe if I'd have been twenty years younger, it could have been something different. But so that was that was a crazy time too. So this is all going on. This is the cooking business, me thinking, my God, I'm not eating properly. And probably halfway through into the cooking business, I started thinking, I can't be cooking. I, I need to eat. I need to eat better. I need to. I guess whole food, plant based, eat better. So. We sort of start. I sort of started moving more into that. Now I'm a work in progress. I do do because um, I love cooking so much, and I'm still, I'm still. It's, it's like when people come around for dinner. I'm going on a tangent here, but when people come around for dinner and they're not vegan, I like to just go all out because I feel that's it. Instead of rabbiting on and saying, you know about the animals or about the environment or about your health, I, I just sort of think maybe if I can cook and show them, you know, and often that that that, that, that that's a bit tricky because often that maybe doesn't sort of fit into the whole food plant-based side of things. However, that is changing. I think that that, like, um, Marissa, just to interrupt you and on your tangent, I love tangents and everyone who's listened to this podcast will know that I go on many a tangent. But... <laughs> <laughs> but this tangent I really like because I think a lot of people now, obviously this is a whole food plant-based health podcast, but I mean a lot of people like Deb Plowman for one. Now she loves cooking and wowing people. I make Now she's, as you're saying, she wants to wow them with whole food plant-based no oil, which is what everyone wants to get to. But at the start when you're making the transition like you are, me too, like Ranjit and I, we both want to nail vegan food whenever anyone comes because we want them to make the switch. We want to say, see this curry that you love so much? It's vegan. You can make it at home and not hurt the animals. So I totally get it. And I think that that's obviously when you want to make maximum weight loss or lose weight or feel the best, those things can be stumbling blocks for people who do love to feed people and do love to make great food. But I think it's coming from a really great place and it's part of most people's journeys. Like now I do make, we do make no oil whole food feasts, but at the start we made all the junk food vegan feasts because we just, we just desperately wanted to get the lure them in. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what it is. It is. It's about luring them in, and and and, it, and it's that's the way I feel. I'm very passionate, and I actually heard you talk about this too on some of your podcasts. And I I don't I 
yeah, particularly at my age where now some of our friends, not because I just turned 60 in September, and it's uh, some of our friends. Happy are birthday. You, and that's where I'll talk about my Ireland, Ireland trip and all that in a minute. But that's why now I'm finding it really difficult because, you know, recently um, one of my um, husband's ex-work colleagues had a heart attack. He just turned 50. Um, we've got a really close friend that has Alzheimer's. It's in her early 60s. We've, I've got another friend that's 70 that's, you know, walking time bomb and we love dearly and I'm finding it very hard not to, t- to go over the top and turn them off. So if I can cook, you know what I mean, if I can cook, it's so hard and it's, it's getting to the stage now where we go out with non-vegans that a lot of it's all around how sick they are. And or, you know, my cholesterol's high and it's all that. And I, I feel like I sit there with my hands. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to sit on my hands because I use my hands a lot when I talk. But aside from that, I I know because I'm so passionate and Bernie said to me, you just got to be really careful because you'll, you'll, you'll just make them think Ostracize you're Ostracise yourself. It's so hard. It's so hard because you love these people dearly. And you know in your heart that if they've just made some changes that it would be so good. So we're sort of, I'm at that, that's a difficult, I find it difficult. So the food, yeah, if I can cook good food and whole food, but you know, mm. then at least you can show, who knows, you may be, you just never know, do you? It's really, really tough that, and I think it's going to get tougher. Bern and I were talking about it the other night as we get older and we, we follow this lifestyle. So Bern didn't initially was eating eggs. Yeah, our, our chooks eggs. I've got some rescued chooks. Uh, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but I did buy the How Not to Die, the big the book and the cookbook. But I bought the big book and I just sort Great of great book, left everyone. It. <laughs> awesome, whether you download it or buy the hard copy. I I did download it initially and bought the hard copy because I wanted to give it to people, and I, I have done that. I tend to download things first on Kindle and then and then if I love it, I'll buy the hard copy. So I've got, you know, all of them on hard copy now because I did love them, but I start always start with. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, isn't it? So I just sort of left it open one day on um, prostate, my husband's um, 61, <laughs> prostate health and there was this little thing about eggs and I never said anything. I never said a word. And all of a sudden he stopped eating eggs and that was it. That was the last thing to go. Um, so, yeah, my, that was my little, yeah, I, I just left it there. And I think that's why I love the book. If, if I gave it to another friend who, um, who um, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, very lucky, she, she, she had got it really early and I just sort of lent her that book as well. Oh, good. So you can, you can, Anyway, I'm, I'm off on a tangent, but yeah. No, it's so. a great book and I think because it, it covers so many different topics and if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, you know, How Not to Die is a bit of a bold title. Obviously, we're yeah. not immortal, yeah, I love it. but I love yeah. the title too. And it just covers so many different conditions, chronic diseases, so many foods, nutrient. You know, it's got it's got everything in there like so much work's gone into it if you know anyone who has anything there's probably at least a paragraph about the condition that they have and um, it's just such a great resource to have in your house to go look you know this it's best and it's I love great. him he's so awesome I mean I've never met I him love I love how him. dry he I, is I love in his yeah. videos, Michael Greger, we're talking about. So nutritionfacts.org, you can listen to his videos over there, and he's just so dry. That's excellent. He's the best. 
is excellent. excellent. So, yeah, where am I up to? So, yeah. So So you turn 60. So just getting back to before I turned 60, during this time when I was doing my PhD and, you know, I was feeling pretty crap, I also had girlfriends that were going through menopause and it was starting to scare the hell out of me because I, um, my mum went through menopause quite late and usually you've pretty much followed similar similar events. I did have polycystic ovaries, so I was no, I had no idea how my menopause was going to go, but considering what it would have been like um, menstruating and with polycystic ovaries, I was pretty scared. I'll be honest, I was frightened. And I had, you know, girlfriends were telling me stories of, you know, being in, in at night, you know, middle of winter. I live in Kyneton, so it gets bloody freezing up here. And 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 with their with their fans on all night, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I I don't want to end up like that, you know, with the fan on and oh, this is going to be absolutely awful. Oh my goodness, how am I going to cope with this? And um, so I was a little freaked out in the back of my mind and I'd had a pretty awful experience in my late 30s where for some unknown reason um, my GP decided um, to put me on HRT (coughs) because of my polycystic ovaries, as you do, I don't know why to this day, and it was hell. It was the worst thing anyone could have done with me. So I I was really scared about any of that sort of stuff. But that was sort of in the back of my mind and I was starting to think, well, maybe I better get a better fan, but I was determined not to take any medication should that happen to me. I did, however, decide, well, I was sort of perimenopausal and I thought, well, maybe I'll just take some um, herbal stuff. Well, that was a real disaster. It actually had really awful side effects for me. Anyway, I just sort of put it in the back of my mind and because I was so involved with my PhD um, and then I had... One January, I had a period that was from hell, and then that was it. It was like a tap had turned off, and that was two and a half years ago. And it sort of coincided with me eating better, but I'm only looking at this retrospectively. It's not something that I had all this happening to me. So I, I, I listened to the other podcast about that. Oh, I can't think of my name. Sorry, that was Kim, awful. Kim, Kim, her story um, was horrible if you're listening i'm sending you a hug because i still think about that story all the time yeah kim that was just hell and i'm so so lucky that wasn't me and i just i have had menopause so far and i was just talking to my daughter about it i'm fine i've had i could maybe have i can't i've never had a hot flush not the sort of true hot, hot flush never Two, two and a half years, nearly three years. I, um, I do find if I don't eat whole food plant based. Um, so if I do a little bit of the junk food vegan, I am hotter, particularly at night. Interesting. Um, I've I've never had one of those full sweats that everyone talks about. I've never. I've i my sleeves fantastic. Um, I just, I don't know, it's just been amazing. I, I, and I can only be because of the way I'm eating because I know when I don't eat that way, like if I don't, you know, if I have a little bit of splurge, for example, so part of turning 60 um, and starting to feel better, I, um, I started riding a bike and I hadn't done, I mean, I hadn't ridden a bike for years. And um, within a couple of other friends, we decided for our 60th birthdays, we'd go to Ireland and we'd cycle around the top, around the north of Ireland. 
So we did 800 kilometres. I could never have been able to do that if I hadn't been eating this way beforehand. I would just never, ever been able to do it. It was the most amazing experience of my life. That and sounds incredible. I would have loved. I'm, I have to put it on my bucket list. Cycle around Ireland. Oh, my gosh. Ireland, the Irish were beautiful. But I'd eaten so well before I went. And I was in a, you know, I hadn't probably done enough training, but I certainly was fit enough with the way I was eating to just, you know, get fit as I was there. I What happened was when I was over there, it's incredibly difficult to eat vegan over in Ireland out of the main centres. So that became a little tricky. So I probably potatoes, didn't eat. potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> well, that's what we thought. We thought we'll just eat potatoes. And, and fortunately it was sort of, you know, autumn, so there was a lot of veggie soups. You know, I can only eat so many veggie soups. But anyway, so maybe I didn't eat as well. And then I didn't sleep as well. It's really interesting. It's so – so it became, a, I guess, some of the symptoms of, of – minor symptoms of menopause became – started to sort of happen if you know what I mean like I didn't sleep as well which obviously made me as vague as a violet and and yeah and I just noticed once I came back and was getting back into you know being able to eat better I I'm much better back sleeping well and everything so it's sort of all this all happened by accident and it has to be I've got it has to be because of my diet it has to be because other, I don't know anyone else. Well, how was your mum's menopause? What was her mum's like? Um, she was pretty. It was pretty bad. Like not, not, not. Oh my goodness, not as bad as Kim, Kim was it? No, oh, Kim, sorry, Kim. Yours was horrible. Yeah, I feel so for you. But my mum had a pretty rough time. Lots of hot sweats. She had this all the awful itching where she felt like there was things crawling all over, and that went on for quite a while. She actually went on HRT. Same with my mum. She had hot flushes, itching, sleepless nights, crying at the top of her hat. Yeah, um, emotional. Yeah, no, my mum's was pretty horrific. So, no, soaking wet, all that. That's never happened to me. So it's, I can't, can only, I mean, I don't know. Somebody tell me. Well, I, I think, I, I really think it must be something in it. I'm not saying, like, if you've done, if you've been whole food, plant-based, no oil and... And gone through menopause. Please comment and let us know. Say, actually, no, I, I was still horrendous. Maybe they, but I just think at least for Kim and for Marissa here so far, um, it does seem to have made a difference. And for Kim, like nothing made a difference for her. And then bang, bang, yeah. she was so much better. Obviously, time plays a role, but I mean, it's just in regulating your hormones and all those things, but. I, it's, there's got to be something in it and it, it's you know it's only something I didn't do because of that and it's a side effect of it which is sort of nice too you know I did, and, and I mean I'm so thankful because I had such an awful time menstruating with my polycystic ovaries because I didn't know about all this back then that it's so lovely just to I'm not just to go along and not be hot and being able to sleep properly. I mean, I'm I probably I've always been very emotional, so it's hard to know. Whether that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I blame it on my. I said I, I menopausal. I just blame it on that. But I've always been someone that you know just weeps, and it's I think it's really healthy. So um, me too. No, who knows? It's just really interesting. It's just a really interesting. I've had such an interesting time with the changing of the diet, the falling into retirement. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a really interesting time in my life. Um, the other thing that had a huge impact on my eating, of course, was becoming a grandmother. Um, I'm getting a bit emotional. You know, I held him in my arms 
And I thought, oh, hell, I want to be here until he's as long as I can be. I want to see him be a man. I want to see him be a father. And because I was like the third person to hold him. And um, that made me ride up hills faster. Um, it gets me out in the morning. It makes me think about how I eat. Um, and I, I sort of think, right, when he's 40, I'll be, what was it, 98. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 98. And look, I tell people that and they think I'm crazy, uh, except for my husband. Uh, he doesn't. He, he's he's with me on that because how amazing would that be to be there at his 40th birthday? And I figure the only way I can do that is by eating this way, you know. So, yeah. It's so funny you said that because I've, I'm, I'm sorry for everyone who's a regular listener because I repeat the same stories over and over again. But today I had this a friend of mine who's trying out whole food plant-based for I'm supporting him and his wife to go whole food plant-based for the next four weeks. And he, he was talking about how he wanted to live longer and his, how he's, he's a Maori and he was saying Maori men have short, shorter lifespans and he doesn't want to die in his early, you know, like forties or fifties or something like that. And I was saying, I agree. I want to live to 120 and die peacefully in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's – I'm not joking at all. I'm just – 120, why not? Gosh, people do. <laughs> They're they rare have... people, but I want to be one of those rare people. <laughs> becoming more common, aren't they? I mean, yeah. the hundreds, the hundred clubs are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know? so I, I figure between my – the fact that, you know, my mum's 88. And look, she is not whole food plant-based, so but she's amazing for her age. So if you top – put the whole – Food pamp base on top of that with me. Yeah, I'm with you, you've got long light living family members and make them whole food plant based. And what? Who knows how old you're going to live to? That's right. So that that's sort of that was my sort of my motivation as well. You know, to have, hold that little fellow in my art. You know, Arlo's his name was. Oh, I love the name mo- Arlo. Huge it's beautiful. Huge. You know, um, and um, yeah. That is wonderful. You just reminded me of Jeanette Murray Wakeland because for her, with her cancer story, it yep. was holding her, it was her grandchildren that really yep. motivated her to go raw vegan and try as hard as she could to, you know, overcome her breast can- terminal breast cancer. And if you haven't listened to Jeanette's story, it's so great and her documentary and everything. So her episode is, I don't know, go back through. She ran around Australia Amazing. 366 consecutive marathons in her 60s. She's such a legend. She's my life goals lady. I'm just in forever awe of her. And now you with your 800 kilometres of cycling in your 50s. Your 50s or 60s when you did that? 60. 60 well, it was my 60th birthday present to myself. So I actually was two weeks into the ride and I turned 60. Oh, my God. How long did it take you? Um, we had five weeks. So it took us um, – I'm just trying to think how many days we cycled for. for we probably cycled four weeks so, solidly. It was fantastic. I highly recommend it. And it was so – it was just sort of such a great thing to celebrate turning 60 and to be able to feel that wonderful, you know. And I, I'm so many people – and I've been a nurse and that, you know. I, so many people I know at 60 are on, you know – 
bucket of medication and start starting to show chronic illness and that. It was it's fantastic. It's so it's so fantastic. So Jeanette's episode is episode eighteen. I just checked back to make sure episode eighteen. She's so incredible. Terminal breast cancer to now running, running, running everywhere around everywhere. I did one marathon in my 30s. Uh, that was enough. I don't know how she did that. I really, really don't. She's phenomenal. No idea. She's absolutely phenomenal. That's the next level. That's where I go after. If I don't, if I don't continue feeling this good, low-fat, whole food, plant-based with cooked food, I'm next levels. The juice and raw food lady. <laughs> if I have to get there, I'll go there. <laughs> yeah. What the heck. I think I'd miss, I'd miss warm. Yeah, oh, I don't no, know. I would really miss it. In Victoria, it's super. She had, she moved all the way to northern Queensland and yeah, it makes yeah. a big, I get really cold with raw food. Raw, I can do raw food all summer, but in winter in Victoria, it's cold and I feel the cold in my bones when I'm just eating salads and smoothies and things like that. But I mean, if something happened and I felt like there was something else oh. I could do, I'd be over there having to get to 120. I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, it's another option, isn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's not never, never would, but if, yeah. if you needed to for whatever if, reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, if I don't need to, then I'll keep, oh, yeah. I'll, keep, I'll keep eating my cooked potatoes. But, I mean, if I have to, then I will. I miss potatoes. I love potatoes. I would, I would, I would be heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be heartbroken. Those purple potatoes, purple on the inside, those sweet potatoes. <gasps> they are like desserts in themselves. I I love them so much. If you haven't had a, a sweet potato, that's, you buy them, they look white and ugly on the outside, like just not interesting. On the inside, they're purple and they're just the absolute best thing. They're so good. They're so good. I just bought um, Spud Fitz. Um cookbook because I, I love I just love I get bored with I love cooking I love being creative I love creating my own recipes but every now and then I just think oh I just need something different it was so good so I I, I, um, I cooked a couple of uh, menus I made a couple of uh, meals out of that yummo yummo really yummy hi Andrew if you're listening Marissa's eating your using your cookbook to make yummy food everyone else buy the spud fit cookbook yeah, go over so buy it and, off everything, go. and everything's it's so fantastic. colorful in I found it so colorful which is what I liked most about it it just looked like you're eating food that tastes good but is super visually appealing I think sometimes you can make some whole food plant-based food like me and it's just a plate full of sweet potato <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, I like a I like a bit of color. Yeah, yeah, but his looks everything looks so beautiful in there. And they're from so many great people. Yes, it's nice to feel like a very big privilege to be amongst those people in that amazing cookbook. Yes, yeah, that was yeah, lucky you. I yeah, know, that's I know. I'll, I'll be on a high for the rest of my life. Thank you again, Andrew, for inviting me into your book. <laughs> Now, with your cycle, so you were six on your 60th birthday, so you cycled 800 kilometres around Ireland, and this is eight years into being plant-based. Eight years into being vegan, and, um, yep, and probably, you know, like I said, I'm a work in progress, but probably more consciously whole food plant-based was probably, oh, 12 months, 18 months, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I said, I fall in and out. I'm a work in progress. You'll have to interview me again in a couple of years and see what I'm up to. But I guess it's good to know that for other people to know that you can't, you don't have to go 
I mean, I was already vegan, but, you know, it can be hard, but that's okay. You can forgive yourself. You can just... I I really agree. I'm glad you're on this show, and I think more and more there'll be people who are... And everyone that's been on this show is their own version of a work in progress. We all are, and I am, am, and I host this show. (laughs) (laughs) But it is... It's a long journey and I think having stories like yours and especially for women who are, you know, reaching their 60s, hearing that you don't have to spend from 60 onwards or you're late from your 50 onwards sick, that you can spend your, you know, 60 cycling. And if you make mistakes or slip up or, you know, some people, we've had guests on this show that will say that they ate, you know, a little bit of this or a little bit of that over over the time over the time frame, and I'm not saying do that because as Dr. Michael Clapper said, you know, you can have a little bit of type 2 diabetes and a little bit of heart disease. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm not, obviously that's Dr. Clapper's, the, it's optimal to eat the least. But as you go on your journey, you just start like Ranjit, my husband, he's been whole food, plant-based, no oil pretty much for all of this year, since January. Yes, it's incredible. Congratulations, Ranjit. I'm very proud of you. You're now my even more favorite. Um, But but as you go, like yesterday, he when did he go? He went out on the weekend and he had oil in food because he went out to restaurants with friends and it was wasn't a vegan restaurant and whatever. Um, And he came home and he felt sick. And so the 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 thing that I like about the journey is just and the people who I work with and people who are in my groups and all those things always just talking about like even if you say I, I stuffed up you know I ate this on the weekend or I you know, had a piece of cake and it was at a vegan it was vegan but it was full of you know fats and whatever that they start to notice and the noticing is it's a win I didn't notice anything I didn't notice I just thought I feel shit that's just how I feel. But now I can pin it down to the exact item, you know, that I ate. Yes, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? And that's incredible. And that's a win, I think. So if you're on this journey or you've started and you've fallen off, I bet you after even a week you start to go, you know what, I feel gross when I eat. When you, when you eat oil, when I eat oil, I feel gross. Yeah. And I thought oil was the bee's knees like everybody else. I had Oil was the last thing, like most people that I gave up. It was so hard. I didn't know how to cook without it. I didn't know how to eat without it. I didn't know how to make anything taste good without it. But now when I eat food with oil, I think, oh, I just feel – even coconut cream to me, I think it's just – I don't feel as light after it as I feel if I don't have coconut cream or milk. And that's – they're small, minute ingredients. But, you know, you start to realise if I have – pizza out or you know whatever I have that I don't feel as good as when I have a big bowl of veggies at home no for sure yeah you really notice it and I really noticed that in Ireland because I think a couple of times we'd order stuff I mean we it was like I said it was hard enough to be vegan let alone we I just gave up in the whole food plant face but I did the best we could I would have liked to have catered a bit more but the people we were traveling with weren't so keen but um, that was okay. But I think a couple of times there must have been either high oil or or some sort of sneaky butter or dairy in there because it was. I, I mean, it, without being too gross, it went straight through me, just straight through me, and I just can't. My body cannot tolerate that anymore. So, which is not that I have any desire to eat eat that again. Our, our oil thing's interesting. We we. <laughs> 
I um, it's a work in progress, but I think we're getting there. And you're right, it's so hard. I can give up oil on everything, but there's a just sometimes with with and I'm talking not much oil. If I use oil, it's a tinty. Lucky, lucky if it's a couple of teaspoons. It's just this one pasta dish I do with broccolini, and I've got to got to wean myself off it. <laughs> I, will, I will. You will, will. You will. And that's the thing. You will. It's a it's a progress. And people who are listening who think, oh gosh, you know, every guest's super staunch at this, and I can never go super strict like most people on this show. We all started somewhere, and some of us. It was it was easy, and that's our personality that was easy. You know, some people you know weren't food addicts. Some people weren't, you know, didn't have you know food as their number one passion thing. You know, they just food was always fuel for them. So making the switch to this different source of fuel was easy, not a not a problem. Some of us, like myself, Marissa, Andrew. It it was hard, Chef AJ. It was harder. It was a lot harder, and so just forgive yourself along the journey because I think sometimes if you don't forgive yourself and I remember this back in the silly days of dieting you know um, (laughs) we've all been on those silly days yeah you know the diets and then you do something you think oh well I've done that now stuff it's it's not worth you know if you don't forgive yourself for that then there's a trap you can fall back into just well, I, I, I can imagine some people, I'm not quite like this anymore, but you throw it all up and just think, what's the point? And, and that was sort of that diet mentality back back, back in the days. I think that, that what I like about having you on the show and having people like you on the show is that I think it helps people who have, because so many of us have been to that place, we've gotten to that point where we're like, stuff it. I'm just going to be fat and happy, you know, <laughs> or I'm just going to be, this is me, and not, not, not to shame anyone, but I mean, my, my mum, Wendy, you know, you know, I know you're not listening because you're just a hopeless, hopeless, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just teasing. Um, I know you're not listening because you're neglectful of your daughter because you love your horses more. <laughs> but... You know, she would just be like, oh, it's just too hard. I'm 60, Corinne, 66, it's just too hard, la, la, la. And and it is if you keep throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if you just keep going, okay, we'll keep going, moving forward, start to listen, pay attention. And she is, she is doing her best, Wendy. You are, I'm proud of you, but she has a long way to go. (laughs) But she's doing her very best. But, you know, there's... The best thing is to keep going, just to keep going and be pat yourself on the back every time you do ace and think, you know, this was much better than this time last year. Great for me. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, I haven't said much about my weight. I, I mean, I've never been um, hugely overweight. I mean, I did struggle a lot with my weight. Struggle once I had my children. I've got two daughters. Um I put on weight. I mean, I was. I guess I was classified as a beast. I hate. I hate the way we. I hate the way we classify people with that BMI. But anyway, there has to be been a having been a nurse. I understand there has to be somewhere where it's measured. So I don't weigh myself. I haven't weighed myself for years. Um, partly for a couple of reasons. One, I got stuck in that um, that sort of mentality um, in my thirties. But I also have had a daughter that's um, that's anore- has been anorexic, which was really really difficult. She's um, almost thirty one now. She'll be thirty one on Saturday, and she's fully recovered um, physically. I mean, I think 
you carry that 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 with you for the rest of your life in some way. Um, but that's been a really tricky for me too. Um, for for us changing our diet to vegan even all those years ago because that really brought up a lot of stuff for her. So I have to go quietly. I will. I will never. I don't ever want her to hear this podcast because I think it would trigger her. You know. So that's been a really tricky thing for us to have to deal with in our. And there may be other people out there that have been through this as well as a parent. It's been really tricky because I. I. So I don't. We don't focus on weight. We, and I'm. I'm just trying to fo- focus on health. But I will say that I feel much better than I have for a very long time. And after cycling 800 k's, um, things are fitting really well. And and on that and the be to be able to get out and go cycling and walking with my dog and and I'll talk a bit about my garden it's one of my tips how you but I I been able to do that and come in and feel okay at the end of the day is probably more important to me than 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 my weight and um, you know like I said I have no problems with my blood pressure or anything like that I mean I'm not I'm not Like I said, I have no idea what I weigh, so um, who knows, but I feel great. That is so – and that is the most important thing. That is the most important thing. It's so important. So I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. And I I am glad that you're raising the point about eating disorders because this is – an issue, and we've had guests on the show like Chef AJ that have talked to have talked about that before. I think Chef AJ. Now I might be making a mistake. In my mind, that's true, but I, that wouldn't surprise me. I have heard it talk. It is really tricky, though, you know, and, and for us to not. And I've had to sort of curtail a lot of my enthusiasm about this way of eating, um, so as not not to to trigger my daughter. Um, it's such an awful disease. It really is um, anorexia. It's, oh, I guess any sort of eating disorder. But yeah, so that that's sort of an, an, another 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 part of who I am and why I'm sort of like this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, that was no, a- I think it's. Fa- I, I, I'm glad that you raised it because I do think that not not enough is spoken about about how, especially when we are focusing. A lot of my episodes are on weight loss yeah. because weight loss is. I love hearing about it. I can be honest; it inspires me. <laughs> it is for people like me who've been, you know, who've been like you say, obese. I remember the exact time the doctor told me I was obese. The moment he told me, because I walked out of that appointment and bumped into my recently ex-boyfriend who broke up with me, and I'd just been told I was obese. And I remember looking at him, thinking, "Of course you dumped me. Look at me. I'm just an obese person. <laughs> it was horrible." <laughs> I remember the same. I remember the, I went to an endocrinologist because you know at that stage we, we, the polycystic ovaries treatment has come leaps and bounds. And I'm sure if I'd been whole food plant based, then hell, life would have been a lot easier. But um, I remember being told by an endocrinologist. She said she looked at me and she goes, "You're obese. Um, you need to lose weight." I might add, she was absolutely enormous. So I, I feel like she was projecting stuff on me from her in retrospect. The nice sort of nurse person that worked with people thinks that the other person was heartbroken. I came out of that, I was distraught and consequently put on 10 kilos and I really was a beast. It was awful. So it's just those words. It's, it's, I don't know it's why tricky. it hurts so much. I, I, and I, I know we're off topic, but if you're a medical professional no. and it's so hard because they yeah. only have like 10 minutes to tell you what they have to tell you for your best interest. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they can't go into nurturing your inner child. <laughs> I'm not even telling you how to 
do it. That was the other thing. Just go away and spend as I went away and put on 10 oh kilos, you God, know. It's, it's really just silly. horrible. He said that to me too and I was just thinking, well, thanks for that. I didn't come in to be told I was obese, but now I've got this to carry away with me as well as the Ill- ailment that I had at the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's awful. Oh, it's a difficult. girlfriend of mine, she had an emergency caesarean and they put the file at the end of her bed or wherever they put your file after her cesarean and she opened it up just to read about her baby because she was worried about her baby and it just said this is what the baby's name mother obese beside her name and she was just it's devastating like your baby's sick now someone's telling you that you're obese in a book to the nurses and all the stuff and like i can i get get it oh no i think we i I, look i just i I can say this I'm i'm a nurse and I have a PhD in health sciences, I think we need to change the language. And I know we're off a bit off on topic, but in ways we're not off topic. No, we're not off topic. I think we need to change the language. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there in podcast land that would agree with me because it's hurtful. It is so hurtful. And every time they put up the obesity crisis, okay, we have a problem. We do have a problem. I'm not denying that, but it's the use of language that's so hurtful. And I'm sure you've seen it, you know, where I'm, where I'm fa- you know, the fat phobia stuff and that, you know. I, it's really hurtful. It's, things have got to change. And I understand doctors only have a certain amount of time and I get that, but do you, boo? It's so tricky because terminology is the terminology, you know, obesity, obese. It is the terminology. It's hard because I can see when I'm putting these posts up on social media, you know, I put the tags in and I talk about obesity and I talk about those things and those words, but it's, it is really triggering. For me, it was so triggering. And even to, when you type in your BMI and it says you're obese and you're like, oh. Oh, I'm morbidly obese or something. Morbidly <laughs> obese. Like, oh, no, and I hate can, that word. You can see why young girls like your daughter do get eating disorders because yeah. that language yeah. is so language. I mean, there's a lot more to it, obviously. There's lots than, more uh, to it than that, obviously. I'm just meaning that you can see why with how it makes us feel just reading that word how much if you, emotion yeah, is around weight gain body issues yeah. around our body yeah. shape our size what the media is projected to us for a hundred thousand seems like ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's so yeah. much put on people to be a certain way a certain and so i hope that this podcast isn't doing those people who have an eating disorder or shaming anyone. I think it, for me, I find these stories hopeful because not because people need to be thin, but because I felt really sick and 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 I wasn't enjoying my life. It was impacting upon my relationships, my family, and my yeah. joints and my pain, chronic pain and so many different things. And I think that's what most of the guests why we wanted to lose the weight, not because we yeah. wanted to wear a bikini or be an Instagram yeah. model yeah. or anything like that. We just wanted to have a quality of life that we didn't feel like we had. But some people feel like they still have a a great quality of life, whatever size they are, and that's, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fraught, isn't it? It's difficult. Anyway. Yes. So you can talk about your garden. Well, it's sort of what, you know, he asked for tips at the end. Yes, please. Give me your tips. Okay. Give me your tips now. Do it. I th- I, people probably said, I've said this in, in various ways. I, I think you can, you know, I, and I know, I think Spud Pit talks, a, a lot of people talk about it, finding another focus other than food. 
And I think when you're feeling really miserable, like I was towards the end of you know at the end of my PhD, and when I didn't know what I was going to do do with my life, and I was retired, you know, the focus became food. Not that I was shoving heaps into my face, but I was just sort of sitting around, you know, dipping in hummus. You know, you just end up eating all this stuff, and I I just felt that by finding another focus, which I was only able to do once I started eating better. I think it's weird what what that means. I don't know. And I started thinking, I want to have the, okay, I'm accepting I'm retired now. I gave away my um, catering business. I just thought, nah, I'll just do it occasionally for friends. And I've got some other plans too, but I can talk about that in a minute. And so I just, I want the best veggie garden I can ever get. So I'm, I'm back in the garden. I haven't been back in the garden like this since my daughters, who are now 31 and 33, nearly 31 and 33, since I were children. And it's just so wonderful to be back in it and growing organic produce, hopefully if the sun stays out up here, it's, so cold, it's been so cold. To we for us to be able to eat and for me to be able to give away, you know, I, I so I think finding something that gives you joy that takes you away from thinking about food all the time, if that's the way you're inclined, I think is really important. Just finding a something a joyful focus, I'll call it that. Yeah, that that would be my first tip. Now that can be really hard, and it, but. Sometimes it could be something too. I think sometimes it's something maybe that you loved before that you let go because you were feeling pretty crap. Who knows? But for me, it's become my garden um, and it's slowly coming alive. And I'm growing all these. Um, I, my, my husband built me this beautiful, it's so beautiful, hothouse. And um, I'm finally using it and growing all these seeds. And it's so cool to see them all growing and just know that, you know, oh, it's wonderful. Sorry, I've gone no, I'm really turn. excited for you. And even though this is not related to anything, I'm going to give you my latest hot tip. Probably not really a hot tip, but I was whenever I'm doing baskets of folding, I like to watch something on Netflix. It's my Netflix watching time. <laughs> and I was doing a basket of watching the other two weeks ago, no, two nights ago, and I there's no, I find that I'm just I don't want to watch anything on there. I just look at it and think, oh gosh, I'm paying money for this once a month, and it doesn't seem to be anything that I actually want to watch. No offense, Netflix, if you're listening, <laughs> but, but, but but I've seen it already. Yeah, yeah. it's all done. Um, yeah. But this week I found that I like British British yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah, me too. And I think they have to be funny because it's so cold and miserable over there. <laughs> <laughs> I just find them endearing, uh, all of them, not, not generalising, but this show was called Big Dream Small Spaces oh. and it's got this guy called Monty Don who's the garden guru. Down, yes. And he's adorable and loves gardens so much. And since these backyard people who have these little backyards in England or Wales and he comes to them, they tell them their big dreams and he helps them make their big dreams real and I just love watching them do their little bits and their ideas and things he says that I never would have thought of like one thing he said was with glass houses he said leave the door open because the plants inside need to get used to what the weather's going to be like when you plant them outside and I'd never 
I've never thought of that. I never thought of that. Just little tips and things. And sorry if you're not, I've just got into gardens again myself. So Uh I'm just super excited about this. And I'm loving what his little ideas about using gold guttering as little off on on the fence. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yes. Planters and stuff like that for strawberries or things like that. So I've just started this last two weeks making my veggie patch an actual good veggie patch and a little from fruit trees. And I'm just. It's all I can think about. Lucky there's any podcast happening because I want to be out in the garden more than anything. <laughs> and now the weather's getting better too. It's like, yeah, yeah get me out there. I think that's yeah. true. So that's I right. agree. I, mean, I really agree with you at that number one for, and, and, and Andrew, changing your focus because I didn't think I was going to – I wanted to like gardening, but it was the thing I thought I would start liking once I turned – 60 50 <laughs> yeah and so it's happening now yeah. and it's great and it's you know what it's a wonderful thing to do with children I, I remember that you know that's when I had the best garden not so much a veggie patch but it's a lovely thing and I, I am looking forward to Arlo who would be two in January been a little bit older but we certainly have a veggie patch happening such a wonderful t- thing to teach children you know about where your plant food can, can come from and growing stuff I, I, I'm looking forward to that so that's been I think if you can find a joyful focus that really helps, I think. It just helps just helps you anyway. It's great it for really mental. does. I love your number one, a joyful focus. It really, really helps. I agree. And what about number two? I, you know, I, I guess this is more – this comes – I guess I was lucky. I, um, I've been a nurse. I've done I've, – I, prior to going into working with young people I in the community, I worked – did a lot of cancer nursing and I was really interested in palliative care and – I did when I finished my training. I worked on the oncology unit. The children's don't tell. Me, don't even ask. How I, I guess through my nursing, I, I I learned very early how precious life is, um, how short it is, um, and I guess I, I, that would be my next tip. I mean, and I'm not at all religious or anything, but it might sound a little religious. But I think you need to think about what you want from this precious life. I. I, I I really, you know, and, and that can be really hard to do when you're feeling unwell and, you know, overweight or, or life's just not going the way you thought it would be. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking particularly about menopause or women, you can feel pretty down and, you know, with your hormones all up the partner. It can be hard, hard to, to do that. But if you can start thinking about that, I think that's really important because it goes so fast. Life goes so fast, and I really learned that being a nurse. I think we we whole whole another podcast, but I think we're we live in a strange society. We don't actually, um, I don't think we think about the fact that we're actually going to die one day. So we, yeah, it's interesting. I think I think that's a really great point. I think that's part of how everyone ends up on this podcast because none of us are living like we're going to die. No, and we. I think when you need to, you do without being more. You do because in living, in living, to knowing that you're going to die, I think in many ways you can live a better life. And I think I really, I've been so fortunate to be a nurse and be with people when they die and when they burn. I was a midwife as well, and and I guess there's a lot of other nurses out here that might feel the same way. So I had that privilege and 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 therefore that awareness pretty early, pretty early. I'm not saying my life's been hunky dory. I've had, you know, I've suffered from depression and a whole lot of other stuff that. But but I I just think you got if you can do that and work out what you want want from it yeah and something else that I thought about too when I was thinking about tips is and I and I think this more is more pertinent to my the age group I'm now in 
I find it really, and maybe not just my age, I find it really interesting that people just accept that as they get to 60, they are going to have high blood pressure, they're going to have high cholesterol, they are, um, it's in my genes, my father did this, it's in my genes, my mother did, you know, this happened to my mother, um, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Or I hear, you know, I've heard a, um, a couple of male friends who are really super fit, like, almost elite fit and and they're just getting as much in just cramming as much into their late 50s and early 60s because they expect to be incapacitated with chronic illness in their 70s and i i think we need to change that because it doesn't have to be like that i mean and you've, you've had some great people on that that woman um, I joined a group. Oh, I had to she's, she's just you awesome. have to she's just a great hi she's esther great. we love you Oh, I love you, Esther. I just joined the other day. Doc Esther's was Nutritional name. Journey is her group. Yeah, Go find just, it. She'll let you join. You answer a few questions, and she'll welcome you with open arms. She's gorgeous, and I we don't we but we somehow that's got a shift in our in it doesn't in our society that that's an accepted fate for everybody, and it doesn't have to be. That needs to change, and 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 um, how that happens, I don't know. But it could start with it can start with I guess people like us that are eating the best we can and being good examples and maybe someone's going to notice one day. Yeah. People are noticing now. I think that the they're negative. noticing. We have a huge ripple effect. We just don't realise it. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm. that's why I think I said earlier on that I am, I am a little scared for the future watching friends that will go ways that will be totally preventable. I'm, you know, it's, it's really it's, it's sad. It's sad to think that's what's going to happen and not being able to do anything about it. But I guess we can only live the best we can, Bernie and I, and if anyone wants to know about it, well, I'm more than happy happy to share. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to really struggle with that. I really am. I'm struggling a little bit with it now. It's only just started. Um, so, yeah. That's a, yeah. Sorry, that was sort of a tip, but it was also a little, oh, whoa. <laughs> it's no, it's a great tip. It's a good tip. Um, so now, like, how is your life different since adopting a whole food plant-based diet? I know you've already given us a bit of an understanding. But- yeah, look, I've had heaps more energy. Um, I, and I, you know, as I said, I mean, it's always been about the animals and now it's about the animals and my health, which I think is okay. I, I, I think sometimes, sorry, this is maybe having a little dig and I'm not sure how many vegans listen to your podcast, but. I think it's okay you can actually care about animals and animal activism and still care about what you put in your mouth and be healthy. And I think there's a little bit of um, argy-bargy happens around that, I've, I've noticed on Facebook. I think there's a lot of people who have a problem with, I think they call it, I'm, I'm terrible with this, but I think it's called in, intersectional. Yeah, intersect. Intersectional. When you're, when you're multiple issues, is you care about multiple issues and causes and I'm not sure if that's but I agree with you I I can care about a lot of different things and the animals is a huge part of why I'm plant-based but but I'm also plant-based for my health and I'm also plant-based for the for the planet for my kids and for your grandkids and everything like that and I think that that's okay they're all really important and as I've listened to so many of your podcasts, and you know, a lot of people may have started off about health, but it certainly turns around to become about the animals. Of course, it does. You start it all of a sudden. You start thinking, "Don't like you know." Quite a few people say that. So it doesn't matter where you start, really, and 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 which way it goes. And I think 
I a lot of people that would say that to me are a lot fair bit younger, and I think that when you go to get to sixty, you got to start looking after yourself. You can't be eating the vegan donuts, you know. Come on. Yes, yeah, it, it's true. People, people can eat them, but I mean, they aren't the healthiest option. That's yeah, no, that's for sure. You can eat them, but yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're healthier. That you've got more energy. That you're traveling, riding 800 kilometers at 60. That you've, you know, seem like you've missed menopause. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Marissa, and sharing your story. I've loved hearing your story, and even though it's being tangential, is that the way you say it? Because I'm. <laughs> that's the way I am. That's my life. That's good. I, <laughs> I'm going to say a little shout out for one second to a man I met last week named Lance. Lance, if you're listening, I found you very <laughs> refreshing and hilarious. But all the way through this interview, I was thinking, oh gosh, Lance would hate this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It's a, it's a it's a lovely joke between Lance and I, but he he <laughs> I have the too much gene, and he <laughs> and and Lance was about my dad's age, and he reminded me so much of my dad. And he says, you know, when you're on, you're so you know you're you're too much, and he has to have his wife listen to me at the other end of the house because I'm so loud, and <laughs> he he finds it painful to listen to. So I was thinking, oh gosh, I laughed so much and talked so much in this interview that Lance would be. Having to put me on headphones for this one, Lance. <laughs> Sorry, Lance. <laughs> Bless you, cotton socks. I really found it. Uh, sometimes it's nice to have people just call a spade a spade. <laughs> so I found it really hilarious. He was really lovely. He was my dinner date at the Plant Powered Melbourne catch up oh. in November that I went to my first one um, with Jenny Cameron and. Yeah, yeah, um, Malcolm, yeah, yeah. Dr. Malcolm Mackay and everyone, and it was really nice to meet every, some, a lot of my people that I li- have listened to all of my too much information yeah. stories, and I have no idea about them, but they all knew all about me, so it was <laughs> it was really good. But yeah, Lance was definitely a highlight of the night for me, telling me that <laughs> he has to let his wife listen to my episodes at the other end of the house. <laughs> I love it. I loved it too. So hi, Lance, if you're listening. Before we hang up. Just tell us, Marissa's just going to tell us what she's up to now and how she's helping spread her amazing, new, vibrant life with her community. So, Marissa, tell us what you're up to. I decided to um, keep – I got my kitchen accredited um, to do my cooking business, which I've let go, and I've decided to keep it accredited because I'm really passionate about, you know, educating people um, on, on this style of cooking um and a couple of days ago and I haven't got my I haven't got I was gonna say my arse into gear sorry about that but I haven't um (laughs) to to start doing it it's a thing it's something I'm looking forward to doing next year but I put a put a meme up the other day two days ago on my Facebook page and you know you never know who you're touching when you do that and um it it said something along the lines and you may well have seen it um about a Pulitzer Prize winning scientist that's discovered that a vegan diet can alter um, I think it was 500 genes or something. It was amazing. And um, I was contacted um, by a local person asking me to teach her, who's not vegan, um, to teach her how to make plant-based Jesus. And I'm, I'm really excited about it because, as we know, that's one of the hardest things to give up. And uh, and I've I've made versions that don't include oils. So it, I've already had four people contacting me from seeing that post 
that want to do it. So this may be my new future. This could be your new future thing. I think that that is so great. Obviously, cheeses are high in saturated fat, but I mean, a little bit every now and again is, is you know, if they're oil-free, that's wonderful. I do my best. I mean, they are high in saturated fats, but, you know, a little bit. If that's helped someone eat whole yeah, food, yeah, exactly. I say if it's if it helps the animals and keeps you vegan, vegan alone for me is good enough. But yeah. <laughs> but obviously, if it keeps your whole food plant based and a little bit a little bit on the every every now and again, and you know, pretty great. That's awesome. I guess my age would be particularly women my age. So yeah. uh, so where can people find you on social media before we hang up? I'm on um, Instagram. Oh, I don't know what I mean. It's Rissy Jane on Instagram, so R-I-S-S-Y Jane. Um, and on Facebook, I'm – and I'm more than happy if anyone, you know, wants to chat, particularly, um, you know, particularly women my age and going through <laughs> menopause and whatever. Um, I'm Doc Rissy. Monica, I think on Facebook, but yeah, I can give you, I can give you the links anyway. Doc Maybe Rissy, I'll put them in the notes. show notes, so check them. I'll add all this in the show notes. So if you've missed it in our conversation, it'll be in the show notes. You can look back on it. Thank you for coming on the show, and thank everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marissa, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. I have so many exciting things coming up on this podcast and even next month. So if you're listening in real time, next month, December 10th, I have a little cooking class and catch up that I'm doing on December 10th at Tacoma Uniting Church at 9.15am. If you message me or comment on the show notes, then you can... I'll save you a seat and just come and hang out and just cook and talk. It's free. I just, after listening to everyone on this show, I thought, you know what, I really want to meet people and do more of these workshops. I love these workshops, face-to-face things so much. So I'm excited for that. If you're local in the hills, it'd be great to meet you and catch up and have a hug and, you know, eat some yummy food. I'm going to make, you know, lots of probably mostly raw stuff with some vegan biscuits and stuff like that, hummus stuff like that. Just some, just some delicious stuff. If you haven't yet subscribed, I put out new episodes every Monday slash Tuesday and every Thursday slash Friday in Australian time. Thank you for your support. I am so glad that you're all listening and sharing these messages with your family and friends via social media. And thank you for leaving kind rate reviews and five-star ratings over at Apple Podcasts and Stitcher app for Android. It really helps this podcast to get heard by more people who might be able to change their health. So thank you so much. Bye.